What's up guys, welcome to Oz Hoopers TV. Uh, today we've got on Nick Kay, probably one of the most underrated players in the whole world. Uh, definitely was a big piece in the Boomers campaign and leading us to bronze. Former Perth Wildcat, played in Spain last year, is about to play in Japan. Um, another fan favorite from the Boomers. We're excited to have another Boomer on. Obviously, Hesh's favorite player. Next we've got to, next we've got to get a Mitch McCarron. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll get straight into it. What's up, Nick? How you doing? Yeah, good, man. Long time, man. How you been, bro? Yeah, doing well, man. Just enjoying life in Japan and trying to make the most of it over here and stuff. So, been good so far. How you, you been? Uh, nah, just because uh, I went straight from Tokyo with the Olympics, that counted as quarantine time. So, nice. been free to just move around and stuff. So, it's been good. Nice. Preseason at the moment or still off season? Uh, preseason. So, right now, just indies and lifting. I uh, think yep. the rest of the boys, a couple more imports coming in. They got in to about two days ago, but they got their quarantine for two weeks. So yeah. I think we'll hit the ground running start of September. Cool, man. That's awesome. All right. Um, first things first, I don't know if you know, Nick, but um, your Hesh's favorite boomer. He's been hyping you up since <laughs> the first rosters came out. So he was... For real, I have, yeah. Yeah. So he was, oh, out, of his, he was out of his seat when uh, you said you'd jump on, so... Um, we'll get into the Boomer stuff first. Um, congratulations on the bronze. Uh, we asked Chris, if he, Chris Goulding if he's still in shock, and he said, no, nah, not really, but um, he's, still got like, um, he's still got the chills and stuff like that from winning. Um, how does it feel? Has it sunk in for you yet? I mean, it's sunk in now. Um, I think those first few days, it was all about just embracing it all and yeah. staying off the phone, just around the guys and trying to celebrate that as much as we could but having a couple of weeks now it's kind of sunk in a bit more and it's kind of about trying to promote it throughout Oz and stuff and um, keep basketball in front of the media and um, try to keep getting more and more kids involved too. Um, the first time I watched uh, you represent for Australia was 2017 obviously for the, um, the Asia Cup um, you also won gold at the 2018 Commonwealth Games and obviously bronze at this most recent one um, how do all those experiences compare to each other? Obviously, this most recent one, it was COVID-affected. So how would you compare the three? Yeah, it's tough to compare them. Um, obviously, I think this one goes to a new level because of the situation in which it was. It's an Olympic Games. You have the top athletes all around. Um, the Asia Cup was special. It was the first thing I'd done for Australia and uh, the group we had to go there for the first time and um winning gold was awesome i mean such a cool environment com games it's all like there was a pressure on that that we had to win and that was enjoyable because of it but this one just takes it to another level and um sure. because of that it just i think it's going to mean that a little bit more yeah that's that's cool man as ray said man I, I had you from day dot being a starter on this team when they put out the 20-man roster we picked our starters and I had you at the at the four spot. Um, I think your intangibles probably separate you for me. Like you're able to dominate a game with like minimal touches. You don't need the ball in your hands and you're rotating on defense, communicating and you're setting good screens and being target all the time. So did you perceive that to be your role from the get-go? And then how did that change once Aaron Baines went out? These type of things talked about within within the boomers, like what your role is going to be and how it's going to change throughout a tournament. Uh, answer your first part. Um... Yeah, I think if I'm ever going to make a team, I need to be great at those intangibles. And I think that's what 
uh, separates me and gives me an opportunity to compete for a spot is being able to do those little things. Um, if it was based purely on talent, I don't think I'd make the team, but trying to do those other little factors that um, can help a team or assist without the ball, I think is something that is needed within a group and um, it's something I love to do as well. So um, with Bainsey going down, obviously that's a huge loss. Um, yeah. We didn't really need to talk about it too much because everyone knew the situation it was and the guys had to step up, went a lot smaller. And um, thankfully the system we had in play with Gorge, showing on a lot of ball screens and rotating. Um, so we weren't overly impacted defensively, but we, we did miss that ring pressure. So um, just had to try and uh, take defense to another level and we were able to do that collectively. Yeah, nice. Talk about defense. So you, you have a semi-final game and you you draw the, the best scorer in the world as your matchup to start the game. Run us through your thoughts, man, in preparation for that type of game. You know the scout tells you you're matching up with KD from the get-go. What goes through your head and, and how do you feel about the challenge? I mean, I just kept playing back that USA game in uh, Vegas. And I remember thinking like, oh, I mean, great spot here. I've got him. And then he'd raise up and it was like you weren't even there. So... Uh, took a lot of lessons from that one. Um, he obviously went to a different level when we got to the Olympics and you feel like you're in the perfect spot. You can test him and he's just, that release point so high that um, you really got to do your work early. And um, a lot of guys had to go during that game and kept trying to do things. And um, But he is a great player and you've just got to try and um, limit him as much as you can. But I mean, that's why he's one of the best, if not the best in the world. Um, sure. Just quickly, is there would you how would you give anyone a particular tip on how to guard Kevin Durant? Anything in particular? <laughs> I mean, whatever I did didn't exactly work, but I just I remember replaying scenarios and stuff. I mean, he's so good at drawing fouls and stuff as well. You can't get too close. I think it's just trying to make everything as tough as you can. He's he's going to shoot the ball. He's going to score. You just got to try and make those things as tough as possible. And um, hopefully, it's your night and not his on the way he's shooting the ball. So. <laughs> Yeah, it really people, he generally gets the better of most matchups. So. Yeah, no, I mean that's why he's paying the big, gets paid the big bucks, right? Uh, wrong. Yeah, the other thing we spoke about with Chris in detail, and I think it's something that stood out to all of us was was the culture of the team. It seemed to be something that was like you could just it was oozing out of you guys. Um, organizing something like that or implementing a culture like that for this situation was it more organic just because you had the right mix of people and it just clicked or do you guys have culture building exercises where you where you have non-negotiables and you talk about things in the short preparation time how does how does it how does it eventuate to become such a such a big part of the 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 moment and letting you guys get to the bronze yeah sure um i think the first and foremost things the leadership group we have um patty joe deli mainzy they come in from the first day and um They've got the flags up. They're playing Aussie music. We're getting around each other. We're competing. Um, Joe's talking a little bit of shit on the side and making sure everyone's fired up, ready to go. Like, it's those little things. And then they start throwing in culture nights. Like, we had our first uh, Boomers culture night in Vegas. And the way they went about that and incorporated new things, started traditions, did that stuff. It just, it felt like family. It felt like um, just where you need to be. And um i mean it was special and that kind of thing whether you want to or not impacts people in a positive way and um definitely promoted that boomers culture and helped us uh, come away with a medal sure 
Um, we'll get into your early life and your junior years. Um, let's go back a bit in time. Uh, you were born and raised in um, Tamworth. How was basketball introduced to you? Um, and how was the basketball scene there particularly? Yeah, um, basketball was introduced to me by my uh, year two teacher. She uh, just thought it'd be perfect for me. Um, got involved and kind of never looked back. Had a good group of friends that uh, we loved playing. And then we just kind of, every year it was getting the basketball team, go at it. And then we started playing reps and just kept rolling from there. But um, just the social aspect, really. Loved, loved the group we had. And um, I think... I think our first game we ever played in reps, we lost about like 126 to four or something. We got smacked, but we loved it. And by the time we reached 16s, 18s, we were we were winning every game. So it just it's that kind of thing where we just stuck with it and enjoyed it so much. Easy. Um, we had a lot of people swipe up on our story saying Tamworth legend. <laughs> so I think a lot of people back home are fans. You gotta keep um, repping Tamworth, man. It's always gonna be home, and heart's always there. Facts, that's cool. For sure. You get to that that kind of 16s, 18s age group, and then end up at, at Newington College. For those of you who don't know, Newington's, um, I guess, Reese, you might not know, but being from Sydney, like it's the it's the benchmark of the basketball programs in the state. Rex, Coach Rex Nottage does a phenomenal job. I actually coach a grammar now, Nick, so I get I'm used yeah. to getting whipped with you guys <laughs> every year, but um. Yeah, so how did that opportunity come about? Um, how long, how many years did you spend there and how was that experience for you coming from the country to, to the to a city life? I made, uh, I actually became a reserve for the school um, state team and one of the guys pulled out and um, Nottage basically said that um, I'm welcome to come and be involved but I'm not going to play much and she was like, I couldn't get down there quick enough. I mean, I couldn't wait to go down there and um, be involved in that state team and from that week of playing games and trainings leading up to it, um, he said, mate, if you want to give this a crack, come down here for the next year. And um, I just went down there for year 12, one year, gave it all. It honestly, it changed my life with the work ethic, um, school for sure, the way I focused in, on the books and stuff and had that balance um, was a game changer for me. And if it wasn't for that, I never would have went to college and basketball pro would be done. So. I mean, I can't thank him enough for that opportunity he gave me. Sure. Um, and then after that, um, you had a four-year career at Metro State. Um, what made you choose that? I'm sure you had a couple of D1 schools looking at you. Um, what was the deciding factor? I mean, the big thing was the history of Metro State. The Aussies that had been there before and guys like uh, Wertho, Wagstaff, Barlow, a lot of good, talented Aussies that went on to play for the Boomers and stuff. And yeah. um, Coach... Um, got on to me um, and had a chat with him and I just knew it was the right place from then on. Um, the way he spoke, the opportunity that presented itself there and the opportunity to play in college was a big thing for me. I needed to play if I wanted to get better and um, had to work for it. But, I mean, his system was um, great for me. Sure. Yeah, did you have, was Mitch McCarron there with you at the same time? Yeah, he was. He wasn't there originally when I signed, but a couple months later he signed. And I mean, that was probably a huge reason why I loved it so much was uh, mine and his relationship throughout um, made that whole thing so much easier. And I think we both got so much better because we had someone there we could always rely on and be around and keep that Aussie vibe going throughout that uh, USA experience. Yeah, nice. How did you transition from the Australian basketball scene to, to college? 
mean, it's tough. Uh, it's so much quicker. And for a non-athletic guy like me, it took a little bit of adjusting. Um, and then you go from being the oldest to back to a freshman and um, there's some grown men in that college system and they're ready to go. So definitely took a little bit of adjustment. But, um, I mean, because of that, I got better so much quicker and um, that pace, you started to get used to it as well. Um, we'll get into your pro career. You first, you signed your first professional contract um, with Townsville in 2015. Correct, correct us if we're wrong on any of these, by the way. Um, how did how did that opportunity arise? Uh, how did it feel inking that first deal? I mean, I honestly didn't think I was going to play pro until probably my junior college, and I thought maybe I had a chance. And then um, when I came out of senior year got onto my agent Jeff and um, he said we've got a couple of things we can work on but I think Townsville's the way to go. Um, spoke to SD up there and had some good chats and they were really trying to build something up there and um, I mean I was playing behind Conklin who was league MVP the year before and thought I'd learn a hell of a lot from him and I definitely did. <laughs> he came into training big boy me on a few plays and stuff but um, definitely helped me grow pretty quick into that uh, what it needs what it takes to be a professional and it's a shame they didn't stick around because I was looking forward to going back the year after but I mean that's part of pro sport as well. Um, you won rookie of the year that year uh, averaging 10 and 6. Uh, you then signed with the Illawarra Hawks. Um, that was your first multi-year deal. Um, did you have a few different options? What made you choose the Hawks? Um, well originally I was heading back to Townsville. I had the contract in the mail ready to go and then they folded and our free agency had already kicked off. I was a little, feeling like a little behind the bend, but um, talking to SD again and then talking to Bevo. I mean, Bevo's a great players coach. The way he um, coaches guys, the way he gets people to buy in and play hard and do all that stuff. It was pretty pretty obvious choice for me at the time where I was. And he, uh, he definitely taught me a lot and grateful for the opportunity to go there. And Illinois is such a beautiful place as well. It's awesome such a blue collar town and it was a great place to um, further develop for sure. Yeah. I remember you at the Hawks. That's where I met you obviously when I was, when I was training down there. And first thing I noticed was like defensively, you were just better than everyone on the team easily, like just rotating and rebounding the shit out of the ball. So it was like clearly separating yourself and your IQ was high as well. I felt like just from my experience there, you were, even though you didn't say too much, I felt like you had a, a huge impact on the team with like, leading through your actions. I just felt like you were always put yourself in the forefront there. Do you find that's something that you take pride in, taking on like a leadership role when you go to different clubs? You've played for a few now. Yeah, um, I guess being a vocal leader is not necessarily something that um, I'm overly comfortable with or do a whole lot, but I feel like if I can lead with my actions, it's something that um, can help inspire or drive other people to take that next step as well. And um, I'm a big believer in that. If you do the right thing on the court, you play hard and do all those little things, um, it'll have success for you and others as well. So I'm always going to try to play hard, do the right thing out there, and um, hopefully that helps uh, the other guys as well. For sure, man. And you mentioned um, Bevo. Obviously, I have a huge amount of respect for him, giving me a chance out that way. And um, just as a coach, as a person, I think he's, he's awesome, like you said, to play as a coach. You still talk to him? Still yeah, messages back and forth here and stuff. Um, I mean, he's such a good dude and stuff. And 
he's taught, he's such a low guy as well. Like he's always got your back. Um, it's a great guy to talk to. And anytime we're in the same city, we'll catch up for a drink or something and have a yarn. So, um, he had a good season over there in Southland this year and hopefully he's back in the NBL in the near future. Yeah, for sure. Um, after, after Illawarra, you then moved to Perth, uh, where you then continue to make a name for yourself, uh, NBL first team, uh, two championships, uh, including game three in 2019. I think you had 30 points, seven threes, crazy performance. Um, how, how was that first chip? First one was special. I mean, um, big reason going to Perth was to work under uh, Matt Nielsen. Um, obviously, he's one of those guys that is pinnacle of basketball Australia right there, captain. And I just thought if I'd had the opportunity to work on him, I could really grow as a player and as a person. And um, to go out there and win that first year's championship, um, especially for Greg with his retirement and stuff, it was it was great to be able to do that for him and send him off the right way. and. Um, I mean, the smile on my face is huge. It was so cool to win, especially on someone else's home court. And um, I mean, it's your first one. I don't think you ever forget your first one, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, you then you then backed it up the following year, uh, the COVID-riddled year. Obviously, the finals was cut short, uh, but it still counts. Um, that's that's what matters. Um, how did that How did that one feel? Um, and how was your time at Perth overall? Yeah. Um, Obviously, time at Perth is unreal. It's a place that if I have the opportunity to go back to, I would love to because um, the way they treat players over there, the success the club's had, and um, it's such a family environment as well. But um, that second year, obviously, different feelings. Um, weren't able to have that gratitude of this final buzzer going off. Um, feels kind of like it was just left, left there and stuff. But... Um, we obviously worked our butts off all season and we knew heading into that week, that final weekend that we had a chance. We, we didn't know what was going to happen. So we were like, we have to win this. Um, you don't know what's going to happen. So every game felt like a one, one and done type situation. So um, you put yourself in the right positions and situations and good things pay off. And um, that's what happened at the end. Just, just quickly, um, where were you when you found out that you won the championship? Because I know they did it like a week after, did they not? Yeah. So initially I was sitting, uh, we got home the day before. Yeah. And I was just sitting, I uh, went in shot, getting ready for the game the following Friday or whatever. And I think it was a Tuesday. And I was like, what's going on? Like my phone's blowing up with messages like, oh, the NBL is going to call it off. And I was like, what is going on? And then yeah. um, once they announced it was off, it was kind of surreal for a little bit there. And then, few of the guys got around each other and um, were able to spend a bit of time hanging out that night. But we didn't, we ended up finding out the next day um, all went into the Wildcats office and they had a broadcast and it was still cool to be able to do that as a group and hear that as um, everyone there at the same time. So it was, it was really nice the way they did that. Cool. Definitely. Weird to normally you find out from your phone, like, or a call, you make a team, you find out that you win a championship through, through a phone call, man. That's, yeah. That's weird. Sure. Doesn't happen very often, but yeah, for sure. That ended your your stint at Perth. Um, had one more year on the contract, but you left obviously to go to Spain. Um, why was that, and and what was the the year like in Spain, and how did that basketball compare to to Australian basketball? Yeah, big reason was um, 
always wanted to try play overseas. Uh, Spanish league, the ACB is one of the best um, leagues outside of uh, the NBA. And I thought that heading into an Olympic year that going against these European guys would really benefit me. Um, I think I struggled early in the World Cup against those bigger, stronger um, athletic guys. And I thought this would drop that gap um, quickest way. And um, I felt like it really benefited me. It wasn't the best year individually um, I've had, but I learned a lot from my time there. And I definitely grew as a person and as a player because of it. Sure. How was the how's the basketball from like Spain to Australia? They always talk about differences and things. How did you find it? Yeah, um, obviously a lot more system based. Um, a lot of plays, not a whole lot of offensive transition like the NBL. Um, a lot less pull up threes and uh, early shot clock shots. But um, ball movements huge. A lot of set plays where you get into a certain action and a lot of one five ball screens and spacing around, but. The ability to move off the ball and stuff definitely grew because of that situation and trying to find good reads out of that stuff. Sure. Um, earlier in this year, you made the choice to go sign with the Japanese B-League. Um, run us through that decision. And uh, are you looking forward to it? Yeah, tough decision. Obviously, going, uh, leaving Europe and heading to Japan, um, they had, I think you had to sign your contract and be all set and done before June 15th. So they're on a different window to everyone else. So if you went that path, um, you're obviously not giving yourself the opportunity to see what else is out there. But uh, Paul Hanari took a new job over here at Shimane. And um, speaking of him, I felt like it was a no-brainer for the time. He uh, was trying to put together a good program here with um, some new guys coming in. And I've played for him before. I know how he's a hell of a coach. And um, I think if you've got the right coach and the right system and stuff, you as a player, can flourish. So looking forward to it. And I mean, I just can't wait for it to get started now. For sure. I just wanted to ask you quickly. I know you signed with Spain and now you're going to Japan or you are in Japan. Um, I asked I asked Homicide, he came on and I was just like, is it tough with the language barrier? Because obviously half the team doesn't speak English um, when they're caught in the subs and the timeouts and it's not your language. Is, is that, was that a thing in Spain? And how did you, how did it affect you? Yeah, it has its moments where it's tough. Um, my Spanish isn't great, that's for sure. So um, thankfully the coach was all right with his English and did his own translations and stuff. But um, for example, in Japan, they've got a translator over here for the Japanese guys actually, because uh, Paulie speaks English and it's made my life a bit easier, but um, also just having that translator around does make it a little bit of a slower process, but um, it just takes some adjusting, going to the shops and stuff, different food, um, trying to order and that, all different. But um, it's also part of the culture, part of the life experience of traveling the world. And um, there's a lot of benefits um, with that little setback. For sure. What about from a, a basketball standpoint, man? Um, I was keen to see you in the summer league, to be honest. I thought we'd, after the Boomers campaign, we'd have a few guys in there. Is it something that you want to do? We asked Chris Gordy and Chris was like, nah, summer league's not for him. He's done with trying to trying to vibe his way and be seen with in that environment. What about yourself? Is the NBA kind of something that you want to build towards and are you, are you taking the steps to try and get there? Or? Yeah, I think if the right opportunity presented itself, I would jump at it without a doubt. But um, I think one of the things I learned a lot last year in Spain was not to get ahead of yourself. Just look at 
um, enjoy the moment, the situation you're in and make the most of it. Because if you do that and you um, play the right way, you do the right things, good things will happen. And felt like last year, I kind of got a little bit ahead of myself and started looking ahead and I uh, didn't make the most of what I could have. So that's what this year is about. It's enjoying being in Japan, uh, making the most of it. And if something good happens, great. If it doesn't, I'm going to have a hell of a year over here and enjoy it as well. It's a great attitude to have. What about from a longer term standpoint? Um, goals as a player and what do you plan on or see yourself doing after the playing career ends? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm a big believer in um, studying and stuff while you play, trying to have something going on the side and um, obviously trying to invest here and there, but also doing some uni as well. And I've uh, picked up a degree from college. I've done... Um, grad cert no hns and i'm going to continue to do some more as um the years go on so just trying to set myself up with a nice job when basketball's said and done because it definitely doesn't last forever what about coaching i reckon you'd be a solid yeah. coach man i don't know um it's never really jumped out at me i mean the right situation presented itself maybe but um you also you do miss a lot of stuff when you're off playing overseas and miss a lot of birthdays a lot of family occasions and stuff so i think even for a couple of years getting back and uh, being able to be there for your family your friends and stuff would be nice to do first um we asked chris this can we expect to see you at paris 2024 and i thought i'd be one and done with this one um obviously it's going to be tough to make that paris team there's a lot of good players coming up and coming through and um even before that you got the world cup beforehand so mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to compete for it. I'm going to go give it all I can. If I get the opportunity to go there and try and earn a spot, I'm going to do that. Um, but, I mean, as I said, there's a lot of good players coming up and um, just because you're in it one time doesn't mean you're guaranteed a spot next time. So we'll see what happens and fingers crossed I'm playing well and can do the right thing and they need someone like me in the group. Sure. All right, we're going to get into our fan questions. This is a uh, topic we do. Uh, we put these on our stories for our followers to ask you. Sweet. Um, the first question is, what, what's your best performance um, in Tamworth, State League, et cetera? Best in Tamworth? That's a tough one. Um, goodness, it has to be like back to under-18s or something. I think we made top four in the state, and, I mean, that was something special for us. I don't think we'd ever been there as a group before, and to do that with the mates... Um, that's definitely got to be the moment I remember. What about yourself individually from that one? Surely you would have had like a 50, 60 piece somewhere along the way. <laughs> Mate, you've seen the way I play. There's not a whole lot of uh, big score nights to go along with it. But um, I mean, there was a few, few good games back then and stuff. But I mean, we had a pretty good team and just whatever it took to win at that stage. For sure. All right. The second question comes from M underscore McCarran. <laughs> you were faster. Texting on the Nokia brick or the iPhone? That's what he wants to know. Um, I miss the Nokia brick. That was our first year at college and we bought $20 phones and um, trying to message people or get people's numbers and stuff on that thing didn't exactly have its moments, but uh, it was good fun to have and the thing never broke. I'm pretty sure it'd be still around somewhere if I could have a look. <laughs> um, someone asked, funniest boomer teammate? Funniest boomer teammate? Yeah. Uh, I'll give it to Chris. He's got his moments. He can definitely have some good laughs at the guy or with, he throws out some comments and you can't help but laugh. So let's give it to him. 
Nice. Um, what do you miss most about playing in the NBL? Um, I miss, first, I miss, uh, there's a lot of things you miss about Aussie. It's such a great um, country and, I mean, you've got everything there, family and stuff. I do enjoy the pace of the NBL, the way you get up and down, you play hard. And then obviously the lifestyle, you're playing during summer. Um, it's great to be there. You get to head to the beach and stuff after games with your mates and that. And it is so competitive. So a lot of things I miss about it, but um, just not quite ready to head back at this point. Sure. Um, is someone asked, is it harder to score in the NBL or Europe and why? I would say harder score in Europe, and that would be primarily because it is so set-based. Um, you're running a play to get to an action, and you can find yourself standing in the corner a hell of a lot during uh, some of those games. Um, this is our second second segment, uh, 10 quick questions. Uh, these are just rapid-fire questions. Uh, answer them at, at, at best. <laughs> no problem. Um, Favourite NBA player and why? Favourite? Uh, Let's go talk back a little bit. Dirk Nowitzki, just love the way he played the game. For sure. Nice. Who's the most underrated player that you know of? Underrated player? Um, goodness. Um, yeah, I got nothing for you. Though. I don't know who. There's I mean, so many guys are just so good out there. Um, yeah, skip that one. I got no idea for that one. Pass. Um, hardest player you've ever had to guard? It could be an obvious um, one here. Yeah, I think the obvious one goes to KD. I think the way he just gets his shot off and the way you can just score over so many different coverages is unreal. Yeah, yeah. that's probably the They're best answer up. we'll get. <laughs> Kevin Durant. Yeah. Up on this question as well, KD or Giannis right now? Who are you starting to franchise with? Uh, still going KD. I mean, I think guys are more drawn to KD as well as uh, for starting a franchise than they would be Giannis. Good answer. Um, dinner with five people, dead or alive? That's a good one. Can be anyone. Goodness. Um, wow. Uh, I mean, there's so many good people to choose from here. Um, let's go someone like a Gandhi. Let's go Nelson Mandela. Um, Martin Luther King. Let's throw like a Jesus in there for the Knicks. And then <laughs> throw a, Need a comedian in there. You know what? I'll throw me Gramps in there because I'm sure he'd love love it as well. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. All right. Uh, AFL or NRL? Shivers. Um, NRL being a New South boy, but do love watching AFL as well. Um, favorite meal? Favorite meal. Favorite food is blueberry muffins. They're the best. But if I had to have a meal, just go some steak, steak and chippies. Can't go wrong. Nice. Who's winning the NBA championship next year? Next year? Um, let's go a bit of an underdog here. I'm going to go with me Nuggets. Damn. That's my dark horse pick. I, I like the Nuggets. Um, favorite coach of all time that you've had? Favorite coach? Wow. Um, Just to jump in there, Nick. I think Nick's played for... Bevo played for Trevor Gleason at Perth. Yeah. Played for Lamanus with the Boomers and played for Gorgon with the Boomers. Those are like the four greatest Australian coaches of all time. Probably. You're killing me. I'm not, I can't answer this one. This one just does not end well. I mean, I'm fortunate to have played for so many good coaches out here. And um, there's it's too tough to pick one because they've all provided me with different opportunities and 
different life experiences where I wouldn't be where I am today without any of them. So I'm so grateful. For sure. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's that's. I don't think there's many players that have the play for as many good coaches. I mean, you. that's just four. I mean, you then start throwing Boy Hanare, Nottage, mm. DC over the states, and it's just everyone provides you with something new, and you get better because of them. For sure. All right. This is this this little concept has blown up. I don't know how um, closely you follow social media, but there's been a few little arguments going on about this with the younger hoopers. Um, which state in Australia produces the best basketball players? Oh, New South Wales. But that's a little biased. I'm a New South Welshman. Um, but I'd, I'd back us. Good. Sure. Good answer. I love the confidence. All right. Um, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, good luck in Japan. We'll be following you. Um, and hopefully we can see you in Paris in 2024. Appreciate it, guys. No problem. And um, yeah, shout, send us through the link and stuff, and I'll post on social media and stuff too. So for sure, appreciate cool. it. Really appreciate your time, man. Hey, just real quick, Reese was saying that he read a tweet the other day, and I reckon this is cool. You you probably like this one. He was saying he read someone from someone that said the new thing that's going to start in basketball is going to be, oh, we need a Nick K on this team. Yeah, and it kind of blew that's up on Twitter. I did hard, did come around at some point, but. I mean, there's a lot of guys that did what I did before I got here. I just, I'm the most yeah, recent. I, I think you, you kind of, you put it on the map a little bit because I've been around like a lot of NBL guys and stuff. And for the the amount of humility it takes, I reckon, to to actually know what your limitations are, what your role is, and to go out there and do it with pride and do it to the best of your ability. And then for it to have such a big impact to, to win a country, a bronze medal, I don't think that can be understated, man. So, so keep that up. I appreciate man. It, man. I, I mean, if it's on talent, it's, I wouldn't be able to do it. Like I tried to do those intangibles, and I mean, as you said, there's there's only one ball out there. I'd prefer Patty shooting the ball and getting him open than me taking a tough shot. So I love it, and you need those type of guys on teams. Sure, I think you do that. Right, best. Appreciate that, Nick. Yeah. We'll, we'll be in touch, though. Appreciate it. Sure. Catch you guys. Bye. Catch you later, Nick. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, we appreciate it. Please subscribe and follow us on whatever listening platform you are listening on. Or if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Um, let us know who we should have on next. Um, and we appreciate you guys' continuous support. We'll catch you next time. Appreciate it.